Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Hi, and I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also the co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to, More to Come on iTunes and on, on social media uh, as uh, particularly Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. So, uh, this week on More to Come, um, Mocha uh, has released his programming schedule, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, the Black Panther returns. Tanaisi Coates takes over uh, writing the Black Panther. Uh, Kickstarter and um, small publishers. And First Second launches uh, a new line of kids' nonfiction science graphic novels. So, so Mocha, Coming up, April 2nd, um, you know, uh, one of the great uh, small press comic shows. Uh, they've got a great lineup. Um, I believe, uh, uh, and in fact, uh, was it Nicole Simmons has done the, uh, excuse me, Nicole Stevenson uh, did the, the poster that would, illustration. That would be Noel Stevenson. But, that would be uh, Noel yes. Stevenson. <laughs> this is not a good day. <laughs> yes, it's not. We're all running around and We're... our phones are ringing. Anyway, yes, the programming is up. It is uh, programmed by Bill Cardalopoulos, as yes. usual. Yep. And um, uh, it's excellent. Now, the guests of honor this year are uh, Phoebe Gleckner. Uh, Sunny Lou, uh, CC Bell, and uh, R.O. Blackman, and Rebecca Sugar, the animator. Sometimes animators, sometimes cartoonist. Uh, She's not been at a small press comic show in quite a while, so that's 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 exciting. Neither has R.O. Blackman, so. Uh, it's a pretty pretty cool lineup, and and the uh, the programming reflects that. Yeah, no, it looks really good. I mean, um, Phoebe Gleckner is going to be in conversation with with um, um, memoirist uh, Ariel Schreg on on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. Sunny Lou has a spotlight as well, so that's going to be really exciting. Bill Plimpton, actually, the animator, is also going to be uh, doing a showcase there. So um, Saturday is packed with good stuff. Um, there is an autobiographical uh, call, um, panel, I understand, and it looks like Heidi McDonald is going to yes, be Yes, that would be me. I will be. Uh, I will indeed be uh, moderating that with uh, Gabrielle Bell and uh, yeah. Jennifer Hayden and a few other folks. Yeah, and, Gino, uh, Gino uh, Winbrandt, does, does someone please have sex with me? I keep hearing about this book. I haven't I read it. I the, just love the title. The title of all times. It's <laughs> yes. hard to forget what you hear. So. <laughs> Uh, yes, good stuff there. So yeah, no, it should be good. Now, of course, Mocha's at a new venue this year. Yes, that's true. Um, I heard through the grapevine that they are hoping that this will be last for more than a year. Which, that would be uh, nice. Which would be really great. You know, last year they thought they'd found the most wonderful place over uh, in Chelsea, and uh, you know, it turned out they were tearing it down the next day. <laughs> yeah, so well, just, everything in Manhattan is uh, is yeah. a potential condo, so that's the way we we roll these days. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, but that's in uh, three weeks, right? That's, that's right. Three yeah, weeks. April second and third, uh, yeah. and that's at the Metropolitan West. That's on West Forty Sixth Street, and then programming will be at Inc. Forty Eight Hotel. I, I assume some boutique hotel on Eleventh Avenue. Yes, indeed. So, so uh, yeah, right. we'll see you there. Come on down. Yeah, yeah. 
but let's uh, let's jump from there to Wakanda. Yes. Well, oh. uh, you know we we've known about this for a while, but uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, the uh, you know lo- much lauded author, uh, essayist for the Atlantic, is coming on board Black Panther yes. as uh, the writer along with artist Brian Stelfreeze, and uh, he's they the, a big preview of it came out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's been writing about about you know the process of of going from yeah. SAS social commentator to comic scripter, <laughs> and um, you know today Marvel released um, some PR on their licensing program for this, and they they have quite a few licensees for it. And you know when I was at Toy Fair last last month. Both Hasbro, Lego, pretty much everyone who had uh, the Marvel license had lots of Black Panther toys. They had Black Panther costumes, and they looked really sharp. They looked you know, really nice, very attractive. And, uh, you know, Marvel's putting a big push behind this character. Well, they ought to. Look, the Black Panther is just one of the coolest characters in, in, the, uh, in the, the Marvel, you know, chest of cool stuff. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's it's time uh, you know, uh, it's time for him to get a platform worthy of a king. Yeah. And I think I mean, it's coming up. The Black Panther is one of the few relatively big name, although hopefully bigger name after this, comic book characters to have like a, a genuinely unique and really uh with a lot to play with, shtick. I yeah. mean, you don't have any other superheroes of that caliber who are who are royalty, who have this whole the whole country worth of world building. I mean, you, uh, everything. It's it's, it's got everything. If anything, uh, it, it's the 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 whole series has been sort of underexposed. Yeah. Um, well, oh, yeah. I, yeah, but I would I would actually counter that to say. That I think what you're seeing is uh, the Disney juggernaut beginning to get behind this because uh, I know synergy is a '90s word, but nobody synergizes like Disney. I, and oh you know, yeah, not only do they have this movie, you know, Captain America: Civil War is coming out uh, in April, uh, but the comic is coming out in April. And to me, it's very clear that they expect Black Panther to be the breakout new character. There's no doubt yeah. of of this film you know i mean Absolutely. with uh with avengers age of ultron they introduced the scarlet witch and the vision and of course everybody loved them uh and black panther is absolutely the breakout and everything i've seen really supports that and absolutely. you know what we criticize a lot of times uh comics companies for not tying in to their um you know the, to the films a little bit more but i mean what better way i mean this yeah. this is really potentially a home run by having absolutely having uh you know a book that that has this much much you know thought going into it and care yeah. going into it and I'm such so- a high profile offer to, to have ta-nehisi coates writing this book at this time after the incredible success of his book uh between the world and me i mean that the a, a book national book award winner um i mean the the uh, an author who has you know I won't say single-handedly, but in many ways, that's what he's done. Is kind of really driven uh, a national discussion about race and and um, social justice. It's really breathtaking to to have that discussion right alongside of this discussion of the Black Panther, how important it was to him 
is in his intellectual development. I mean, it's just amazing to see how, and we all know that this is true, how important these pop culture characters are, have, uh, are to how we see the world. So Absolutely. I'm tremendously excited. The Black Panther kind of was the same way in my early years. I mean, it was a black character. It was by Kirby. He was really cool. I mean, I mean, I mean, it just don't get no better. Yeah, no, he really is a classic character. And, you know, I, I, I think, to be honest, I think the time is right for, for a black hero. Yeah. You know, I, can't even say, I don't even want to say, you know, African-American because Chala no is African. There's no in there. Well, that's fine. That's all right. But remember, the African diaspora, uh, you know, is is part of of the whole Pan African. um, uh, uh, um, uh, What's the best way to describe it? I mean, I grew up in an in an intellectual um, uh, platform that was all about uh, African people reaching out to each other around the world. Mm -hmm. So, to me, there's absolutely nothing, uh, you know, uh, contradictory about an, an African. Who will eventually come to be working in, you know, a coalition with Americans of all kinds of races? So that's yeah. that's true. He's an African, but you know, um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah, a pan-African world. It is, and I, but I, I, I mean, I wasn't saying that as a as a knock on the character. Or, no, you know, no, not at all. I was just saying, just pointing out that you know he was created as a very regal. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously Kirby and Lee, I mean, they, they said it themselves. I mean, this was something that they were responding to in the, you know, social justice, you know, of the time. And he's at a time of- when black Americans were reaching out and trying to learn more about Africa. Absolutely. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, it's a fictional Africa. You know, we need to remind ourselves. But that's yes. it. That's it. Comic books and pop culture are incredibly important in, in creating uh, worldviews how we see the world and the black panther was that kind of character absolutely and uh you know i think i i it's very exciting to me anyway just to, to see uh you know all these signs that marvel and disney and all their licensees are really getting behind this character and 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 you know let's not forget there is a black panther movie standalone movie they have yeah, that on this cover yeah. so so you know they need to set the table for this and, and uh, every time that trailer uh for civil war plays i mean what is it that you're trying to catch a glimpse of black panther absolutely because if you blink you'll miss him but he's in there yeah he's the wonder woman of civil war he is he really is (laughs) so uh and but you know also i i'm very excited to see the comic and uh it comes out next month so uh you know we would have to wait too much longer for any of this yeah excellent um yes absolutely so um and yeah and definitely go to the atlantic go to atlantic.com um, um, uh, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates talks about the process, uh, working with uh, Brian Steelfreeze, uh, uh, the importance of the character to him. Uh, it really breaks down the process of, uh, of how they work together. So uh, Atlantic.com, um, the return of the Black Panther. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Heidi, um, the beat had, some, had an interesting piece about Kickstarter. We certainly talked about Kickstarter. You know, quite a bit here uh, at, at PW, but you had um, 
uh, some more recent news. Yeah, well, but you know, kind of picking up on a you know storyline that uh, Todd Allen, a longtime contributor to Publishers Weekly and The Beat, kind of picked up on a few years ago when he suggested that maybe Kickstarter was becoming a major publisher. And uh, you know, at the time, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're kidding!" But uh, I think just you know, there's been quite a few Kickstarters that are from publishers, uh, small indie publishers, and it really is kind of the funding round now for them. Um, You know, Rosie Press, which Mm -hmm. puts out the fresh romance, uh, it was a digital anthology Mm -hmm. back romance comics run by Janelle Aslan, Mm -hmm. and uh, it is coming out in a print edition from Oni Press, but uh, they did a Kickstarter to put out their own kind of variant Kickstarter edition, and uh, you know, I think it was pretty obvious in a lot of the uh, promotion that this was this was a fun you know this is a funding round for them and mm-hmm. just to continue mm-hmm. on and you know they they did well they raised about uh, I think it was um, uh, over forty thousand dollars so yeah. might have been fifty one thousand but uh, which was a big come from behind it and because it it had been languishing until Spike Trotman said you got yes. you guys like her almighty mailing list and you know she herself is an absolute you know she is a publisher who runs on Kickstarter absolutely. And uh, some some other ones that have been using is 2D Cloud, uh, Retrofit mm-hmm. also. Um, I just saw today that Robin Chapman, who has her small paper press, mm-hmm. but uh, she's a paper, very small uh, p- uh, paper rocket press. Uh, very, she does very right. small Kickstarters for like $1,000, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's really not that much risk in making them. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't really have the, the answers to this because I think that, um, you know, Todd is more of the number cruncher than I am, but... Uh, I looked at some other Kickstarters, and, um, you know, they're really, at this point, uh, it is kind of about supporting um, supporting a community or supporting mm-hmm. a viewpoint that, that people want to support with their money. Uh, you know, it doesn't really have to do with... with with who's in it or the content sometimes because some, some very high-quality Kickstarters, you know, fail or languish. Well, that's and, true. you know, some some really, really badly thought out Kickstarters, uh, you know, go through and make their money despite, you know, many people's objections all the way down. As witness slash the movie, dear <laughs> God. Someone was like, I'm going to write a movie about fan fiction in which there are hardly any women. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one woman is enough, apparently. That speaks for well. all... And- well, this this is true. I mean, obviously, there are um, a, a wide variety of projects being funded on Kickstarter. But yeah. I, don't, I, I I think we've been writing a bit here uh, pretty regularly about the importance that Kickstarter is to small publishing, uh, self-publishing. Uh, and and I, I also think we ought to um, – just to revisit this notion that Archie tried and failed at a Kickstarter um, – um, well, they didn't fail. They had to ago. withdraw because they, they well, that. yes, be well because the, there was there was a reaction against it. But I really do think that that small businesses and maybe even larger businesses can still use Kickstarter if they're organized in an appropriate fashion. And I really think they need to be organized through yes. the artist, with the the publishing entity being a you know acting as support. Right. For instance, I, I've written uh, quite a bit about a very interesting startup called Adaptive Studios. Adaptive Studios has a, a, a variety of lines under it, one of which is Adaptive Books. They are doing um, graphic novels uh, in Adaptive Comics, and they just they, they published uh, a Jimmy Palmiotti book uh, that they raised $40,000 for uh, mm-hmm. in Abaddon. 
and um, it, the way they organized it was was terrific. They raised the money to publish the book. So, I mean, even for some larger entities, if done properly, Kickstarter campaigns can be invaluable. Well, absolutely. And uh, however, I will say that a lot of these absolutely, uh, you know, pale next to uh, Kickstarters that are for web comics. And you know, we don't. Oh, yeah. We don't really cover that as much, but, uh, you know, I'm part of Hiveworks right now. My, the Beat has moved to Hiveworks as kind of its web publishing platform. Uh-huh. And they help uh, – they publish a lot of web comics or their platform for them mm-hmm. as well. And uh, they also, like, kind of help support them with Kickstarter. So I've been getting a little bit more of a, you know, regular <laughs> remembrance to oh, – or, you know, a link to these. And, I mean, these just go nuts, you know. They really – though, like, they're funded – uh, within hours and you know like Great. like five figures uh, on up uh, you know $50,000 $70,000 and it's very I mean but that just backs up what I'm saying about the community aspect of it you know I mean it's like the you know if you put up your webcomic uh, every day and you get a following for it and then you do your Kickstarter it's 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 kind of like you know it's like the uh, it's like the the trade following this periodical, you know? Uh-huh. It's a yeah. Trade- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and also, I think sometimes, as we've seen a number of times, a Kickstarter is a way for people outside of your little circle to realize how big your little circle is. Right. Because, like, for example, with a comic that we uh, featured on our podcast last year, Check, Please. Yes. Like, no one outside of Check, Please readers had heard of Check, Please. And then people are like, wait a minute, what is this gay hockey comic? (laughs) And why is it making so much money? And so, you know, suddenly Ngozi showed up on the comic world's radar. Yeah. Okay. It, it works both as a funding source and like a a rolling ball of PR. It is. You it's an absolute the, marketing. Uh, it's a marketing strategy as well. It it, it kind of folds a bunch of strategies in one. Uh, it, it you know it's it's kind of like a what does it call it a pre-sale? I mean uh, a pre-order. Yes. Um, it it really you you get you get you know a marketing uh, bang for your buck. You know you get sales. Uh, you, like you said, you uh, you kind of bring together an online community that wants to support it. Uh, Kickstarter is only going to become more and more important to publishing of all kinds going forward. Right. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, I think this is uh, the, the other thing that I, I brought up is is I don't think that people should see this as because I, I see this all the time. It's like, oh, if only we had an industry or retailers who supported this, you know, we wouldn't have to do Kickstarters. And that is totally not the point. You know, the point uh, is I mean, like, like this is another, this is just another tool. tool. It's another it's tool, and it's awesome obviously tool. here to stay. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I wish we could get Todd back. I'm, I'm trying to persuade him. But he's so busy with some other projects, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to persuade him to do another one of his numbers sure. pieces because, because uh, you know, he really is way better at that than I am. Sure, so. sure. But, you know, speaking of numbers, uh, another thing that came out in, uh, since last we were here was uh, Brian Hibbs, the retailer um, mm-hmm. from Comic Experience, 
and San Francisco. He does an annual column uh, for CBR where he yes. leaks the book scan numbers for graphic novels and uh, provides a, a wonderful thing to 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 uh, you know look at. You know, we're gonna, uh, illicit. We're not supposed to see it, but we do. And uh, this year, to no one's surprise, uh, in bookstores. Oh, you know, we've said many times, Bookscan doesn't doesn't count all sales in bookstores, but it counts a certain percentage. So it's yeah. it's a metric. It's not a hard number. Yes. But um, I'll just read the top the top twenty titles. So you see if you can pick up the pattern. Um, Dork Diaries ten, number one. Number two, Dork Diaries nine. Number three, Drama. Number four, Smile. Number five, Sisters. Number six, Babysitters Club. Christie's Great Idea. Full color. Uh, that's four books in a row by Raina Telgemeier. Number seven, Dork Diaries one. Number eight, Big Nate. Say goodbye to Dork. The first book by a man on the list. Nine, El Defo <laughs> by C.C. Bell. Ten, the classic Batman: The Killing Joke. People just can't get enough of can't the Joker. Can't get enough of it. Uh, the Joker mutilating women. Uh, uh, 11, Jedi Academy by Jeffrey yeah. Brown. 12, Babysitter's Club. 13, Big Nate. 14, The Walking Dead Compendium. 15, yep, yep. Big Nate. 16, Walking Dead. 17, Big Nate. 18, Hyperbole and a Half. 19, Persepolis. And 20, Diaries Now, uh, Barnes & Noble Edition. Amazing. Yeah, and but uh, Diaries know, just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is. No, I mean that has actually been the bestseller. And yeah. uh, now, Wimpy Kid is not counted on the graphic novels list because it's under a, another listed under another BSEC code. But uh, yeah. you, you know, I really say if you have Dork Diaries, you should have Wimpy Kid on there because they're the exact same format. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she was inspired, I think. <laughs> yes, possibly just inspired. But, um, but uh, you know, Scholastic is the number one. There's the top ten graphic novel publishers of bookstores. Uh, Scholastic, yeah. DC, Simon & Schuster, Image, Marvel, Andrews McMeal, Random House, Penguin, HarperCollins, Dark Horse, and number ten, uh, Abrams. So the numbers are very, you know, a lot of books sold in bookstores yeah. that are books. And I think this book buying culture, especially among young readers, is very well established. Yes. Uh, young absolutely. readers and young readers' parents. Yes, yep. absolutely. And they, and they have, you know, they've changed the game for, you know, what, uh, how comics um, are published. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. The book format is, is asserting itself. You know, periodicals aren't going away, but we have a podcast about that. Did you yes, we do. <laughs> it's archived. I would urge everyone who's interested in these sales figures to run over to uh, CBR and to download uh, yeah. this, chi- this uh, chart. Or they can make their own analysis and, you know, run their own numbers. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. We did a story this week. Um, Bridget Al- um, uh, Alverson took a look at the um, the launch of a new um, a, a gra- kids nonfiction graphic novel series based on science titles uh the first book is coming in april it's going to it's published by first second dinosaurs by mk reed and joe flood um that's coming up in april uh what's next uh let's see uh, coral reefs by maris wicks and john chad's volcanoes is on deck for the fall so um they are going to be i'm not quite i think they're going to go up to about books a year i'll have to check on that number but and I think this was announced earlier. But they, um, they, you know, they've just announced. Uh, they've released their covers and cover art. So um, once again, kids' graphic novels in the news. 
Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, Per Second has been really smart. They just celebrated their 10th anniversary. Yes. You know, and when they started, we were all about like, whoa, will this work? Is this really going to happen? And, you know, uh, yeah, like I, I think, I'm, yeah, of course <laughs> it did. Uh, you know, when you have great people like Mark Siegel and Calista Brill and Gina Gagliano running the joint, of course it did. And, uh, you know, they've really become a force. And, and you know, these two items that we just talked about are absolutely related. I mean, when you look at what is selling the most in graphic novels and bookstores, uh, they are kids' comics. And yeah, so why absolutely. not put out some really engaging kids' comics by some really engaging creators? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I see, I'm trying to see there's some other artists that are going to be involved, too. Um um, so I'm not. I think Dave Roman is working on this in some way. I think actually, I think he's working as an editor. So yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. Look, kids, great. You can't go wrong with kids' graphic novels. That that's it's really uh, driving the whole. I market, mean, there right? can be crappy kids' graphic novels, but no doubt. And no one's doubt. got a pretty good audience there. So that's true. All right. So so shall we uh, segue to the briefs? So she makes comics. Speaking of Kickstarter, a a documentary about women making comics, uh, which was the prize winner at last year's San Diego Comic-Con Film Festival, has finally got a distribution deal. Up until this point, if you weren't on the Kickstarter or you weren't at a convention, good luck seeing the film. But now it will be coming to some form of distribution near you because it has gotten a distribution deal with Accelerator. Heidi, I do believe you're in this. I am. Uh, I am. I, I have several drop-ins in here, and I talk quite a bit. So as I said, uh, you know, Le Ma, that, that movie uh, I was in might be streaming on Netflix. And Accelerator is, uh, is, a, uh, is a dedicated um, documentary. Or, or actually, it's a film distributor. And uh, from what I've heard, this is inside info, by the way, but uh, you, it should be like released on demand uh, probably early in the summer. And by later in the summer, you should be able to watch this on Netflix or Hulu. So that's kind of exciting. Cool. Yeah. That Boy, is awesome. really exciting. Yeah. Great. Um, also, speaking of non-traditional ways of getting new talent... Penguin Random House is having their very own scholarship program for graphic novels. Oh, really? Huh. Penguin Random House Foundation is offering $22,500 in scholarships for graphic novel program. Wow. Yeah, and the program, I actually ran this item on, on the beat yesterday. It's, a, it's actually a program that's being run by Robert V. Conti, a longtime comics veteran. Mm, oh, yeah. Yes, he used to run a st the store there on 23rd yes, Street. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. before that he ran a printing company, and before yes, that right. he ran. He, what hasn't he run? He pretty yes, much knows he's it run all a bunch from of things. to yeah. nuts and to around to uh, protein shakes. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but but yeah, a pretty pretty good scholarship opportunity there. Yeah, first prize is ten thousand dollars. Second prize is five thousand. Third price, $2,500. And then Best of Borough, $1,000 each for selected stories in the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. This is interesting because, you know, um, Penguin Random House also does an annual uh, creative writing contest. Yeah, I think it's actually part of that. I think this that is they part have... of it. Because, yeah, because yeah, I've, um, I've been a judge for about the last five years. And um, 
so maybe this is, but yeah, but graphic novels are are part of uh, the whole. Uh, you know, they they give out. There's there, it's basically a creative writing grant for high school students. Uh, so generally, it's prose, but there is a there's a separate portion of it just just for graphic novels. So is this the same or is this this? It this may seems be. a little different. But I think it, it, it is it, part of that program. If it's it the must same have, maybe they folded it all in because yeah, I've been a judge there, uh, of that contest for about the last four or five years, as a matter of fact. And um, you know, the work varies, but really, very often, almost every year, there's some really really incredible stuff yeah and also linked into it is a series of as far as i can tell free although i'm not sure uh workshops that um robert v conti is offering in conjunction of this to schools in the new york area as like a one period workshop for kids to learn graphic novel making skills sounds good and yeah, it's a very we, good, you know, graphic novels are everywhere. Maybe these kids will grow up to write some of those graphic novels for kids that sell so well for Random House. So, <laughs> so, that's, so it's all sure. self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm sure. Well, it, you know, they're just old enough that uh, Random House may think it may only be a year or two before uh, <laughs> they can start preying upon their talents to bring like, in the next new generation. Yeah, book deal out of it, sure, yeah. Well, I'm sure in 15 years when we're, we're doing this podcast from the old folks' home, we'll, we'll be talking about some of these same kids. Yes, exactly. I will come and visit you and bring pie. That's right. You, you can come and care for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Aspen Comics is launching a new talent search option. Four of the most eye-catching submissions will be used on four different covers of their new comic, Centaria, The Goddess Kiss. Now, you might say, oh, what a wonderful opportunity. Or you might say, who has ever heard of this comic? Uh, will they just be getting free variant covers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, I did not know. Every once in a while, I'll go to a show, and there will be an Aspen Comics booth. And I will be, wow, there is still Aspen Comics. Uh, you know, God bless them. I mean, of course, they have a, a, you know, founded by artist Michael Turner, who very tragically struggled with cancer for a long time before he passed away. Uh, but the company went on, so I mean, I I do give them total props for that. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a smaller publisher at this point. But hey, you know what? Uh, they got some some uh, publicity out of it, so that's really all hey. that matters. All yes, right. and we will be back next week with an interview, and after that. Uh, Heidi, you will be at WonderCon, will you not? We'll be at WonderCon next weekend, and, um, you know, convention season is kicking up. Well, it's it's already underway, but it really kicks off big time, because this weekend is C2E2 in Chicago. The following weekend is WonderCon, uh, and also Dink, uh, or or not Dink, uh, yeah, Dink in Denver, a new indie comic show, and... Uh, then the week after that is uh, Mocha, and then the week yes. after that is uh, Emerald City and the Image Expo. So that's four weekends in a row if you're a road warrior. And, uh, you know, folks, it is getting real. The pedal <laughs> is hitting the metal, and the head is hitting the pillow because you're exhausted. Well, as we far are as I this, can tell. So the season where there's almost a, a comics festival almost every weekend. So, well, yikes. As far as I can tell, that season now extends basically from late March through October. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it there's it's not few shows in November and in February. So Yeah, right. yeah but yeah. the but I mean 
that that are not quite as pe- yeah. yeah. The the high con season seems to be most of the time. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, this is oh, I here's a little by the time you hear this podcast, this may be uh fait accompli, but uh one thing that's happening next week at WonderCon is that um uh, DC is having the big reveal of who, what, who, what, where will be in Rebirth, uh, and I heard that uh, in previews, the previews is actually supposed to be coming out on Monday, but uh, they will not even reveal them in previews. They will wait oh, until Friday uh, or Saturday morning's press conference to reveal it and all. For so, those fans who don't know, previews is the holy bible of. Uh... You know, announcements of upcoming series. So, well, it is a, it is a, the, uh, you know, I, I would say comics are literally the only industry where a distributor's catalog has become a consumer publication. So, um, you know, but that's the world we live in. That's comics, everybody. Um, yeah, I just sort of wonder. I think DC thinks that they're um, building up a lot of um, excitement but as far as I can tell from what I've observed from retailers and people I know people are building up more confused annoyance Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so guys uh, it can't come soon enough yeah. get this over with And uh, let me tell you something if this just turns out to be more by um, you know uh, Scott Lobdell and uh, Dan Jurgens and Ivan Rice I, I mean you know the the people who have actually been hinted at are thus far are, you know veterans so listen no disrespect to these veteran creators because uh, they tried veteran creators mm-hmm. uh, uh, or tried non-veterans last time and I guess it didn't work out so uh, but yeah it's it's a different world uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out of the house uh, and you know walking amongst the people going to LA seeing what everyone has to say about all this so uh, right. yeah it should be interesting so, and, so you know, before before we sign off I, we should mention because there was a you know, obviously a, a comics in the news uh, the new, new Supreme Court um, nominee oh yes yeah uh, Merrick Garland uh, turns out he's a comic book nerd too so just like um, President Obama. So we're yes, yes. As uh, President Obama said, been there. He apparently had to sell his comic book collection uh, when he was working his way through school. So yeah, well, I mean that probably paid for a day of his, his schooling. But uh, <laughs> you know. uh, but as as many wags have put, like uh, should be a nomination fight, and for sure when he's uh, if they even get that far, he'll be quizzed on you know who his favorite superhero is. So he yeah. better uh, better read up on that. <laughs> That's right. So. Here's a hint. It's never safe to say Wolverine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So well, on, that on that note, note huh? I guess it's going to be what? More. Two. Come. <laughs>